Oliver from Rugby League. Welcome back, or if you're listening for the first time, welcome to the Rugby League in My Opinion podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Cooper. How are you today, man? Um, yeah, I'm really good. How are you? I'm good, man. And I'm really looking forward to today's topic because it's one that the people asked for. Um, about a month ago on my Instagram story, I put up a post saying which season would you like us to cover next in our sort of season review series, of course. We've done 2010, 2005 and 2012. Um, So I put the post out and the majority of the answers, I'd say about half, were asking for 2014. So we're happy to oblige. It's taken a little while, but we are finally here. Coop, when I... Bring up the season 2014, I guess, the, the first thing that pops into your head. Um, well, it'd have to be the Rabbitohs and yeah. then breaking that drought. And I think it was just a big deal for everyone, but especially um, I've gone on it in previous podcasts about how I'm personally, I'm not a Rabbitohs fan, but my whole family are Rabbitohs fans. So it was such a big moment in the household. So yeah, definitely uh, them winning and also... Uh, the Blues breaking that drought, but I think more so the uh, the Rabbitohs winning yeah. the comp. Has to be the Rabbitohs, I think. Uh, well, let's just get into the ladder now. I'll go from 16th to 1st. Um, Wooden Spooners, the Cronulla Sharks. Now, this is the year, well, it, it wasn't a great 2014 for the Cronulla Sharks, and that had an on-field impact as they would end up finishing 16th. And funnily enough, though, They've not missed the final since, to this day, yeah. Cronulla. Since 2015, they've made the finals each and every year. So, I don't know, maybe the next time Cronulla miss the finals, they'll win the wooden spoon again. I don't know, maybe that's just how it'll work. Um, 15th, the Canberra Raiders. They were sort of a bit insignificant back then, as were my boys, the Gold Coast Titans in 14th. And you know what, the Tigers of Newcastle, we can add them into that sort of sphere as well. So from 15th to 12th, they they weren't really notable around that time, weren't doing too much. Newcastle were about to get a lot, lot worse. I believe 15, 16, 17, finished last threes in a row. In 11th, the Dragons. I didn't rope the Dragons into that sort of, I guess, insignificant thing because they would always have the hot start to the season and either just make or miss the finals. Dropped a little bit lower here. Uh, in 10th, your boys, the Parramatta Reels, who had come last in both 2012 and 2013. So big improvers there, the Eels. Um, and in ninth, the New Zealand Warriors, who actually finished tied eighth but missed out. And you know what? So did Parramatta. Both missed out on for and against, which yep. is a bit unfortunate there. In eighth, the Brisbane Broncos. I would say, you know, that's typical. That's normal. They, they always make the finals. Well, not anymore, but back then. Certainly the case, finishing eighth. Seventh, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Sixth, the Melbourne Storm. Fifth, the North Queensland Cowboys. Fourth, the Penrith Panthers. Third, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Second, the Manly Warringah Seagulls. And in first, the Sydney Roosters. When I read out that ladder coupe, what are some sort of some interesting placings that you pick up on there? Um, Melbourne sixth. Yep. Is that? I think that must be obviously, um, except for the 2010 season. Would that be? Well, in re- recently, would that be the lowest they've finished? Hmm. You know what? I think... Maybe let me take a quick look back at 2013 because I get a feeling they didn't do that good then either. Yeah. No, they finished third. So I think yep. this is yeah they dropped out of the the top four um, for a year. Yeah. Surprised me. Um, yeah, and then I didn't realise that... Because now looking back, seeing the Panthers came fourth, I remember that final with the Roosters they had in the first week. But I completely forgot... Panthers slipped my mind of making the the eight that season. And other than other than that, um, nothing too out of the ordinary, I think. It's all fairly standard. Yeah. Well, just on the storm, and we'll get to it in a bit, they were actually eliminated the first week of the finals as well. So they were in and then they were out. With the Panthers, though, um, 
we'll get to that soon, but they had a, a monumental victory in the first week of the finals and then would go on to the preliminary final. And I remember at the time, Penrith were favourites in that preliminary final. So they were favoured to actually go through to the grand final. This year was obviously the emergence of Matt Moylan as well when he was firing. Um, I believe Jamie Sowell, this was his first season at Penrith. A Peter Wallace injury during the season forced Jamie Sowell to move to halfback. And I believe we saw it was Will Smith. You know, the the yep. Parramatta Eels player. He was at Penrith then. Yep. Will Smith came into 5-8 and did a decent job there. Um, not sure if you remember this bike. Adam Docker was solid in the Fords coming in for Penrith. Yep. And they had guys like, you know, Nigel Plum, Sam McKendry, etc. They had, a, I, I believe this was uh, Isaiah Yo's debut season as well. Oh, Josh Mansour and Dalen Mateen's Lesniak. This was probably just about their peak as well. Um, yep. But yeah, sort of previous to 2020, this was the best Penrith side. I would say since they won the grand final in 03. Of yeah. course, that that team in 2014 has since been surpassed. But yeah, um, and Penrith actually hadn't made the top eight since 2010 before that. And they would go on to miss the eight in 2015 and 2019. But other than that, since 2014, I mean, they've been relatively a, a consistent finals team. So this was the start, I guess, you know, how Gus Gould had that five-year plan, which obviously didn't work out and he ended up leaving. But it was sort of, you know, when Gus Gould took over at Penrith and I know that he ended up cutting down a lot of the club's debt and they looked to go forward. It's when they really sort of pushed their junior base and had a re- like that strong junior base. I guess 2014 was sort yep. of that first year where we saw it come to fruition in a sense, yep. where we saw some actual steps in the right direction. Um, yep. So I'm just looking at the ladder progression here. Now, the Dragons, from rounds two to four, were first on the ladder. So okay, yep. this was back in that era where the Dragons were dominant in the first few weeks of the competition and then would drop off. Cronulla, oh. Okay, so they were last from round two until round 13. And then they were last from round 15 to round 26. In total, they spent two weeks off the bottom of the ladder all year. And and Newcastle were in last um, for those two weeks, but would eventually finish 12th. So that's a bit, bit how you go on. The Gold Coast Titans, though. In round six and round seven, we're first on the ladder. Um, but, I mean, that really accounts for nothing, doesn't it? Um, Penrith were first after the first week of the competition. Okay, here's an interesting one. Between round seven and round 12, the Bulldogs were first on the ladder. Yep. Now, this was the year after Ben Barber's amazing season where they would win the minor premiership and ultimately lose in the grand final to... No, no, it wasn't. Sorry. Sorry. I was thinking 2013. This is two years after Ben Barber's amazing season. Uh, 2013, I believe they finished in the eight as well. But, yeah, top of the table. And, you know, in 2014, I remember the Bulldogs being that dominant side yep. for most of the season. Yeah, that's and, why it also... dropped stopped... right off. Yeah, it surprised me that they um, finished seventh as well because, um, like, I knew they uh, made a – like, it, they didn't finish top four and that it was a, a pretty big thing they made the grand final. But that season, from what I remembered, and it's showing right now that um, a little patch in the middle there, they were leading the comp. Um, yeah, they seemed a little dominant at stages. Yeah, well, in 2014, we'll get to Origin in a minute, but the Origin halves were Josh Reynolds and Trent Hodkinson, the Bulldogs halves. Hodkinson had – a career-defining season, I'd argue. This was the emergence of the likes of a David Klemmer, um, uh, who who had debuted before that, obviously, but I think this was really his breakout year. And sort of those, you, you know, your Aidan Tolmans, even like a Josh Jackson and that, they'd been around, but I think 2014 was really their, their step-up year. Then the dogs would drop off, obviously down to seven by the end of the year, but then go on to make the grand final. And... Yep refine that form. 
Um, and then Manly, I guess, for the majority of the year, you could say, were in first position, rounds 15 and 16, and rounds 18 to 25. And the Roosters hadn't been first all year, but then stole it from Manly at the death. Round 26 is the only round all year the Roosters were first on the ladder. And at the end of the day, as long as you're first in round 26, that's all that matters. And that's what gets you that JJ Giltnett shield. So, of course, they were the defending premiers as well. Um, Just looking, I guess, at this, this ladder progression here, is there anything that surprises you in any way or anything? I mean, at all, other than that Bulldogs run in the middle, um, not really for me, at least. Yeah, not necessarily. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to the final series now, the top eight, and there are a few interesting, notable games here that I want to talk about. First of all, we kick off second place Manly Warringah Seagulls up against the third place South Sydney Rabbitohs at Allianz Stadium, a crowd of 25,733, which is over half. So I'd, I'd say that's decent. Um, South's winning this one, a high-scoring game. Wow, 40-24. to 24. Then we had this game I actually attended, and it's to this day probably in my top five games I've been to all time. The Sydney Roosters minor premier is going down to severe underdogs, the Penrith Panthers, 19-18 to 18 at Allianz Stadium in front of 23,449. Unbelievable game, that. We got a precursor to the, the Cowboys-Broncos-Queensland derby when it really should be called the Queensland rivalry because it's not a derby because Townsville and Brisbane are a long, long way away from each other. Um, but yeah, 1,300 small stadium. 25,120, so a full crowd there to watch the Cowboys win 32-20. to 20. And then on the Sunday afternoon Eliminator game, a rematch from two years before the 2012 Grand Final, the Bulldogs defeating the Storm at Amy Park 28-4 to 4 in front of 19,230. Anything jump out to you from this first week of the finals in 2014? Well, <clears throat> Bulldogs getting it done fairly easily against what seems to be a underdone Storm side. I, I'm going to have to look back on that 2014 season and watch some highlights or something because I'm still so surprised that the Storm finished sixth and then got knocked out first week. It's just out of the ordinary. And then that, um, like you mentioned, that Roosters-Panthers game was... Crazy. One of the better games I've watched. Um, that try at the end, I can't remember. I think it was Dallas. Yeah, Zelezniak yeah. um, was the one that threw it back in, I think. And for sure, I thought he was out. And I can't remember who scored the try. It's all a bit um, fuzzy in my head. But then you have the Jamie Soward kick from the sideline to um, tie it up. And he, he nails it. And then, yeah, he, he kicks that field goal. And it doesn't look pretty, but it goes over. So. Um, yeah, that was a yeah. awesome game. The crowd was going off. It was it was good. Um, I remember. Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. I was done. No, anyway. I was just gonna say. Uh, I was just gonna say, like when he kicked the field goal, it was funny watching it back because all his teammates start celebrating and he starts pushing them off him and he's like pointing, telling them to get back because there's still like a minute to yeah. go. Um, with the Melbourne Storm now, this is just off the top of my head. I know one of the big reasons at least why Queensland fans will say New South Wales won origin this year, uh, that year. And you know what? I think it was a huge contributing factor. I believe Cooper Cronk was out injured for a couple of games. Yep. So that obviously would mean he'd be missing for Melbourne as well. Now, Cooper Cronk, obviously Melbourne have done all right without Cooper Cronk in 2018, 19 and 20. Made the grand final 2018, prelim 2019 and obviously won the comp in 2020. However, maybe they weren't... Craig Bellamy didn't have them as well prepared uh, for a loss of a big star like a Cooper Cronk back then in 2014. But I I, I wouldn't say that's the sole reason. Like, obviously, like, he he may have even been back for this game and for the end of the season. But I don't know, man. Like, losing 28-4... to at home, when you're the Melbourne Storm, you've missed out on the top four. It's just it's a it's an 
an anomaly as well because it's not happened since. Like, that there's no like sort of consistency where we can say, oh, well, they were sort of heading heading down the year before or, or the year after they had a poor year as well. Like, it was just one, and it's not even a bad season. Like, as a Titans fan, if we finish six this year. And even if we went out first round of the finals, to an extent, I'd be happy. But, like, for Melbourne, that's very strange. Uh, second week of the finals now. The Sydney Roosters getting it done against the North Queensland Cowboys. 31-30, to 30, of course, a bit of controversy in that game. This was the last semi-final game in the trio of the, the believed conspiracy against the Cowboys, uh, where they had some crucial calls go against them in all three finals. And then, whoa. Uh, I didn't remember this one, but now that I've read this, it's popped straight back into my brain. The Seagulls losing to the Bulldogs 18-17. to 17. Yep. Wow. We had some good finals yep. games I, in 2014. I also forgot about that one. Um, Trent Odkinson was huge in that game, if I remember correctly. I think he... Um, uh, he kicked both field yep. goals for the Bulldogs, yeah. didn't he? They kicked two. Yeah, that was an insane yeah. game. Um, oh, my mind's gone completely blank. Oh, the the Cowboys Roosters game. Now, Cowboys fans may get a little upset with me, um, but I think it was uh, it was a knock on that whole thing in the end. That was the knock on, was it? Because I get them mixed yep. up, like because there was like a forward pass, and then it was like, was it Cronulla the yep. seven tackle set? Okay, um, yeah, and the other one was Manly. Yeah, yep. okay. The first two I can understand the whole. Um, well, I I don't think the refs rigged the game, but I can understand Cowboys fans being upset. But that I can't remember who knocked it on. Um, was it for some reason my brain goes to Robert Louis? But yeah, was he even I there think it, in 2014? it was. It was, was someone that was bald. That's all I remember. Robert yep. Louis. Robert Louis. Um, yeah. it, it was a knock on. Now at the time I was saying Cowboys robbed, Cowboys robbed, and that's just because I didn't like the Roosters. I just wanted to see the Cowboys win. But <laughs> yeah, if you go look back at the footage, it's it's pretty clear that um, it's a knock on. So I don't really think Cowboys can complain there, and they won the comp the year after. So it all turned out okay. But yeah. Um, yeah. So far, like I've kind of half forgot about this final series, but reading it back, this sounds like one of the better ones we we had. Yeah, well, out of the one, two, out of the six finals games so far, four of them, no, sorry, three of them, I should say, so half of them were decided by a point. Yep. So there you go. And the crowds are for the Roosters-Cowboys game at Arlington Stadium, 18,355, which that's the Roosters' home ground in a semi-final and you're not even getting half when the very next night, Allianz Stadium, 28,186 for Manly, who do not play their home games in the regular season at Allianz Stadium, against the Bulldogs, who don't play their home games at Allianz Stadium either. So, yep. I mean, that's a bit of a shame there, I guess, for the Roosters. Um, but those would be the last two games at Allianz Stadium for the year as we move on to the preliminary finals. South Sydney Rabbitohs finally getting it done in a prelim against their arch rivals, the Sydney Roosters and their local rivals at ANZ Stadium in front of 52,592, which for the more modern day era is a very good crowd to get in a finals game at ANZ, I would argue. And of course, the two previous years in 2012 and 2013, South's made the prelims. South fans would say, finally, we're breaking the drought this year and then ultimately lose. They got it. Well, they would end up going two steps further, obviously. But at this point, they made it a step further than they had the past two years. The belief was there. And then it was a case of, in my opinion, who's going to go to the grand final and lose to the Rabbitohs as the Bulldogs beat the Panthers 18-12 to at ANZ Stadium in front of 46,168. And I went to this one as well. Um, I've been a Panthers member. I think I've said it on the pod before. I've been a Panthers member with my dad and my brother for years, and we just go to all the home games and the, the finals games. And this one, although it was a close game, considering we'd had such a lively final series to this point, this was probably a bit of a boring game, if I'm yep. honest. Like, even being there, it was like 
well, Penrith can still win. Like, until there was about three minutes to go, it was like, Penrith can still win this game, but they're not because both teams are just sort of playing a bit. Eh. Yeah. The Bulldogs got out to an early lead and then the game was a bit... Uh, it seemed like Penrith weren't doing everything they could to get back into it. And, you know, while at the time I was like, oh, this is, you know, a great game. Penrith could come back right at the end and we could have a, an interesting finish. It just never happened. And it was like the game against the Roosters was a similar scoreline in the end, like only six, seven points more for Penrith when they won 19-18. But the two games were just completely different. The Roosters-Panthers game it was on your edge. It was like a, just an entertaining game of football where this, for me at least really wasn't and you know the dogs just controlled it the whole game and while you were like oh Penrith could come back you just realistically yeah yep. knew they weren't going to so what are your thoughts on this final series I mean wow other than that last game at least just thinking back Ooh. even if game even if games weren't close right so we either had close games or very high scoring games yep. um I've got to look back on other final series but I might have to like just for my own um, for my own benefit or whatever, just rank final series and just look at them because at the moment this is sounding like for me anyway, like my memory of watching rugby league. This might have to be number one for me altogether. On the top yep. of my head, I can't really think of a final series that could top what we've just spoken about. Um, no, maybe. There probably is one that goes close or is better, but I just can't think of one off the top of my head. But, yeah, Rabideau's finally getting it done, going to the grand final. I think it was, like, a long time in the brewing, like, it the past couple of years. 43 years. Yeah, past couple of years making prelims, and it um, yeah. it just seemed the right time. And like you said um, before, it was kind of just whoever was going to the grand final with the Rabbitohs were going to get beaten. There was just, like, this confidence and this vibe around the – the team at the time and Bulldogs, although they had a good season, I know they came seventh, but I'd still say they had a good season. Um, it kind of seemed like they limped into the finals, had a few injuries, if I remember correctly. Um, and yeah, they just, I don't know. It seems like there wasn't a chance. Like, I don't Maybe again, it was because the household I was in where it was all South Sydney, but I just couldn't see the bull. I could just, couldn't see the Bulldogs winning. Like, it just seemed like it was a Rabbitohs time and it was just pretty much, I don't know. I feel like there was no real, there was a chance for the Bulldogs, but no one really gave them a, um, a proper, a proper chance. I don't know. Well, now I'll preface this by saying, and I I just want to sort of get this in here as a, a cheeky little plug. This was the first grand final I attended. It was an amazing experience. And even like watching the game back, South Sydney in the end, just like they won it fair and square. The Bulldogs gave up with like 20 minutes to yeah. go. It it was like four, it was like eight, six or something at halftime. And then it was like 14 to six for most of the second half. Then all of a sudden with 20 minutes to go, here comes South Sydney and it ends up 30 to six yeah, well, at full time. Um, and Oh, sorry. Oh, I was looking at the uh, grand final thing on Wiki just then because I remember it being close most of the game. Um, so it was 6-0 at halftime. South Sydney went in. And then Tony Williams, who I'm actually not sure where he is now, but that's irrelevant, uh, scored. Is that oh, is he? Yeah, all right. Back at Manly. Oh, geez, I, I had no idea. I thought he was retired. Um, he scored fairly early in the second half. And then uh, you'd probably remember when George Burgess pumbled over for that try, one of the better forward yeah. tries. Um, so it was still fairly close. That was in the 56th minute. And then, um, yeah, in the 73rd minute, uh, yeah. and like in that last 10 minutes, the Bulldogs kind of just, yeah, like you said, kind of just gave up. Well, I'm sure they didn't actually give up, but like Rabideau scored three tries in that last 10 minutes to to seal it. And Reynolds kicked a bunch of penalty goals. But, um yeah. Uh yep. It it was um very interesting and like to this day and I've sort of realized I remember at the time like there was this conspiracy going around that the NRL were like, you know, South Sydney have to win this grand final 
And I remember in the Daily Telegraph in the week leading up to the grand final, they hadn't they had an image of like a a, rap, a rabbito and a bulldog next to each other, yep. and in all the images, the rabbit was holding the Telstra Premiership trophy, yep. and and the bulldog wasn't. So like that was sort of the conspiracy, and everyone was like, and you know what? Thinking back, right, there was no way I think the bulldogs were winning that grand final. Yep. And I'm not saying because of conspiracy or something, but like just because of the story, uh, the Rabbitohs have made the past two preliminary finals. We had seen that drop off during the season with the Bulldogs. The Rabbitohs remained consistent that whole year, which is very important. Um, yeah, I remember a, a couple of people being like, oh, you know, the Bulldogs could do it. But, man, I mean, it was just. It was just all South Sydney, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Even during the game, even though it was close, you just got the vibe that South Sydney would. There was no way they were losing. Well, you know what? In a way, it was similar for a while to that Bulldogs Panthers game, but South Sydney had that small lead and were in control for a while. And I guess he sort of thought, okay, South will just hold on here. Yeah. Um, when when it was at like eight six four, I, I guess after George Burgess's yeah. try, we were like, okay. They might just hold on here and it'll literally end up 14 to 6. But I don't know. And I think it's down to the Bulldogs literally in the end just going, we're done. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever seen a team give up in a grand final until that Bulldogs side. And I was shocked. And I don't think I've seen a team really give up in a grand final since it's. Oh, maybe the Cowboys in 2017. But, yep. Anyway, this one was in front of 83,833, which I thought was pretty cool, at ANZ Stadium. A nice number there. Um, Sam Burgess in his last game in the NRL until, what, 2016? 17, maybe. Um, Winning the Clive Churchill Medal, of course. First tackle of the game. Broken cheekbone. Uh, would end up going and getting surgery like a day or two after. And I believe he was in danger during the game. He didn't realise till afterwards, but he was in serious danger of going blind in his in his left eye. I believe it was his left eye, whichever eye it was. Yep. He was in danger of going blind. You wouldn't um, be able to so courageous do that nowadays, would you? Now with all the concussion protocols and the doctors on the sidelines? or Was that a big well, thing then? Believe- or, I'm not sure because... Not not as big. We were getting there. Like, we, we weren't stupid. But, like, so he went to go off the field, I think, and the trainer, because in – I'm not sure if you know this, but in 1970, so the last time before this – oh, no, sorry. They last won it in 71, sorry, but this was in 1970. Uh, Johnny Sattler, of course, the dad of Scott Sattler, former Penrith grand final hero, um, broke his jaw in the grand final against Manly but yep. played on. So as Sam Burgess was running off, like – the trainer was like, come on, we need you out there. Like, think of what John yep. Sattler did. So he, he stayed on and did that. Today, if that happened, you know what? I, I don't think the trainer would be saying that. I think the trainer would be yep. Yep. getting him off. It, it It is possible. I feel like the player would... Because yep. it's a grand final. It, it is possible, though, that they'd go back on. Yep. You know what I mean? Come off for the 15-minute HIA. Okay, you're not... Because con- he wasn't concussed. He had a broken yep. cheekbone. Okay, you're not concussed. You've got a broken cheekbone. I mean, oh, as I say, it sounds silly, but you could see possibly in a grand final, let's just say hypothetically Cameron Smith playing for the Storm, breaks his cheekbone, comes off for that check for 15 minutes. Then afterwards they're like, okay, yeah. go back on. You know what I mean? Like you could see possibly them, but that's like to an extent. Yeah. So... Yeah, but overall, what 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 did you think of the twenty fourteen grand final? I think I've rambled on about the conspiracy and stuff like that. But what did you? Um, think? Yeah, it was one of the more exciting grand. Or for majority of the game, it was like a pretty eh game. Um, but I think the build up to the grand final and then the the after parties for the grand final, it was one of the biggest. I think that and maybe the Sharks in twenty sixteen. There was a good yeah. build up for that. Um. But yeah, it was huge, and there's so many, um, so many like iconic moments from that game with Inglis uh, with a goanna at the end scoring the try. 
um, Greg, um, not Greginless, um, Sam Burgess, uh, the scene of him crying, like all these emotions just coming out. There's fans all in the yeah. crowd crying. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, just to see that, like, it, I think it just helped so much. Like the whole storyline with South Sydney getting kicked out of the common, coming back in and just all this happening. Um, it was really big for them. So the grand final itself was not actually like playing standard wasn't the best. Um, but I think for, in terms of storyline, it was it's up there with one of the best. Yeah, well, there was multiple moments like before, during and after the game. So just off the top of my head, it's like before the game, Russell Crowe and I believe George Piggins ringing the, the old Redfern timekeeper's yep. bell. Have you heard of that story? So, like, when they first came back into the comp, Russell Crowe bought it, for those who don't know, and, you know, rang it when South Sydney were officially back in the competition. He then, he said, the next time I ring this will be when South Sydney make a grand final. So, before the grand final, he rung the bell. As I tell that story, in my head, I'm like, man, there's no way South Sydney were losing this grand final. Hey, like, the ringing of the bell before the grand final and everything. And then during the game, the broken cheekbone, the George Burgess try, uh, the Goanna. Then after the game, Burgess crying, Burgess accepting the Clive Churchill medal with a big egg on his his cheekbone. Like, yeah, it was just a a grand final full of moments. But I sort of, I think we've talked about as much as we can about the grand final. Would you like to have a look at the 2014 Dalliam Awards ceremony? Held at the Star yeah, in Sydney. Ooh. Okay, so we'll start off with Holden Cup Player of the Year, Kane oh, yeah. from the Gold Coast Titans. There we go. He's since retired, of course, but I believe he's actually recently signed on as a trainer at yep. the Titans now. Um, the Peter Fralingos Memorial Award for Headline Moment of the Year. What did that go to this year, just off the top of my head? Oh, it went to Apollo. I think it went to the Apollo project. Um, I was about to say Apollo 13, but that's like the the space shuttle that landed on the moon. Um, New South Wales winning state of origin. Top point scorer was Jonathan Thurston with 208 points. Top try scorer, your man, Jared Hayne, with 20 tries. Coach of the year, Ivan Cleary. So not much has changed. Um, Rep Player of the Year, Jared Hayne. Captain of the Year, Jamie Wine. Peter Moore Award for the Rookie of the Year, Luke Brooks. And again, nothing much has changed because, well, he's a Melbourne Storm player, but a Tiger, Harry Grant, won it last year. Um, Proven Summons Medal, which, of course, went to the Warriors this year uh, in 2020. Um, the requirements and what the the Proven Summons Medal is actually given for these days is different to 2014. Um, but Jonathan Thurston won that award back then. And, of course, the Dalian Medal winners, for the first time ever, we had joint winners, Jonathan Thurston and your man, Jared Hay. Now, I remember at the time thinking Thurston should have won this one alone. Parramatta had obviously had a huge leap from the previous two seasons. Jared Hay, top try scorer. But just, I, I, I don't know. And I don't know as much anymore how I feel because I feel like maybe he did deserve it and have a decent sort of a year. But I remember at the time thinking, was Hayne as good as Thurston in 2014? Yeah. As a Jared Hayne fan, like, what are your thoughts on him winning, co-winning the 2014 um, Yeah, to be honest, I think JT should have just been the standalone winner. Haynes, yeah. uh, definitely second. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people... Not, I don't know. A lot of people crap on Haynes' 2014 season, not in the fact saying he was bad, but saying he definitely didn't deserve it. It's not that. Like, he was one of the best players in the comp that year, but... I, it's compar- comparative to yeah, Thurston, I Yeah, think. Thurston, I think, was the out-and-out winner that year. I think Haynes, got a bit lucky with... I mean, on that Eels team, who else was going to take points off him? Like, there were players there, but... Um, that's how I think he kind of got over. That's how he kind of got there. Um, was there weren't many yeah. other players taking points off him in that Eels team. That's um, maybe this is a topic for another podcast, another day. But I think the da- the whole point system needs to kind of be changed because it's faulty in that yeah. sense. But yeah, even as a massive Hainsy fan, um, 
yeah, JT should have been standalone winner. Um, yeah. Well, I'll go through the top 10. Um, so from 10th to 6th, oh no, sorry, from 10th to 7th, um, on 19 points, Chris Sando, Kieran Foran, Cameron Smith, and Matt Moylan. Then standing alone in 6th on 23 points, Daly Cherry Evans. And then on 28 points in 5th and 4th, Ben Hunt and Gareth Widdop. On 29 points in third, Sam Burgess. And 32 points, the co-winners, Jonathan Thurston and Jared Hayne. Well, I should say yep. the top nine because we had co-winners and so on and so forth. A bit of a gap here, uh, a three-point gap between first and second. And something interesting to me, a four-point gap between uh seventh and sixth and then a five point gap between sixth and fifth. So there were so Cherry Evans was sort of on his own there on twenty three points and the next like the player below him was on four points less and the player above him was on five points more, which I don't think we see too much, at least in the top ten for the Dalian medal. It's usually pretty consistent like a slow gradual climb so that was interesting to me I guess just from this whole Dalian awards ceremony oh sorry we've not gone through the team of the year I've just realized um but we'll go through it now best fullback Jared Hayne best winger Samurai Raja. I guess he would be the only player that in any way shape or form could have taken some points off of Jared Hayne that year uh best center Jamie Lyon 5'8 Jonathan Thurston halfback DCE Locke, Sam Burgess, second row, Bo Scott, prop, James Graham, hooker, James Seguiaro of the Panthers, who I forgot to bring up before as one of those key players in that Penrith side, James Seguiaro. Um, just looking at this whole award ceremony, any sort of surprises or anything of um, note for you? Not that I can really think of, hey. Um, yeah. Not really. It's pretty straightforward. I believe when we did the 20, was it, yeah, the 2012, um, the 2012 Dallium Award Ceremony, there were were a couple sort of surprises, I believe, but this is pretty straightforward here in 2014. Yeah, well, to finish off, we'll have a quick look at the 2014 State of Origin Series, and I'm going to start this off with one that, New South Wales fans aren't going to like, even though I'm a New South Wales supporter, to be honest. And I know a lot of people, many Queenslanders will say New South Wales don't get origin. I just think that Queensland supporters are very passionate about origin. And at the end of the day, I sort of see it as it's basically the best from New South Wales and the best from Queensland playing three ultimately, ultimately exhibition representative games showing off the best players from Australia in our competition and whether New South Wales wins the origin or not for me I'm sort of I don't really care yeah. too much like we lost origin this year and for five minutes I was like that sucks I'm actually going to go get on with the yeah, rest of my life yeah. now but but like you sort of care about your club more but I feel like Queenslanders care about Queensland either on the same level as or more than their club team whereas I'm like Okay, I support New South Wales, but yeah. What what are your um, thoughts on that? Just to yeah, definitely. Like, I love New South Wales, and I want New South Wales to win um, every single year if I if I could. Um, but yeah, New South Wales does not compare to the to the Eels for me. Like, I'd much rather see the Eels win a comp than the Blues um, win an Origin series. Um, because obviously you can be a a massive rugby league fan and love Origin. I'm not saying you can't be, but I think Origin's a lot more for the... The word gets thrown around a bit now um, for the casuals, if that makes sense, for like the fans who aren't... Like they just want to see the best football, like the best sceptical of football, which is either the grand final or State of Origin. But I think State of Origin's that time where most of New South Wales and Queensland people can just jump on not the bandwagon, but like on the 
uh, on the whatever and um, just support. So, yeah, Origin, I love Origin, but, yeah, I've always been much more of a, a club football person, I think. Um, that's a lot more yeah. my thing. And, um, yeah, Origin time can annoy me because everyone seems to turn into a footy expert oh. at that time. And it just, yeah. By getting... By, ga- by game three every year, I'm sick of it, to be honest. And so with Origin, right, it's like it's the equivalent to the NBA All-Star game, right, but we take it way too seriously. Like NBA fans, they all watch the All-Star game. They all love watching it because of the stars, right? But no one actually cares who wins. And it's we take it way too seriously. It's like, and I know it's not, the same anymore. I know it's not East versus West anymore, but as a Denver Nuggets fan, let's just say a couple couple years back, um, I'm a Denver Denver Nuggets fan. I could not care less if the West All Stars lost. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And essentially, like Origin is our All Star game, except we play three games and we take it a lot more seriously than that. Which you know, I, I don't mind us taking it, you know, a little bit more seriously than an all-star game and actually caring and having a state we support. But I think some fans take it way too seriously. And I'll bring us back to the point I was going to make here because some New South Wales fans will get angry at me for this when I really think it's not that big a deal. But New South Wales were very lucky to win Origin in 2014. And looking back, I would have preferred Queensland to just win this one go the full 10-11 in a row, and then we finally get the Origin win in 2018 and then in 2019 as well when we genuinely had the better side because I think in 2014, Queensland still had the better side, but due, as I said, to like a Cooper Cronk being injured, New South Wales got a bit yeah. lucky, and we'll see here from the upcoming results. Would you agree yeah, with definitely. that? Like, well, I, I look, don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think... and. This isn't me trying to be the biggest Hainsey fanboy ever, um, but speaking unbiased, he was so massive, that Origin Series. I think um, that 2009 stretch gets spoken about a lot, but I honestly think those, that first two games of Game 1 and Game 2 of State of Origin 2014 were his some of the best games of his career altogether. So, See, um, the, yeah. This is where I sort of disagree because I think he was good but I think there were better players in that New South Wales side yep. that stepped up. Like, personally, for me, Trent Hodkinson should have won Rep Player of the Year. He was, like, say what you will about him. I know when he went to Newcastle, his career sort of took a dive. But in that Origin series, just for whatever reason, like, New South Wales had been looking for an Origin halfback for a year. It would go, this form player, Mitchell Pearce the next year, this form player, then Mitchell Pearce the next year. And then, like, with Hodkinson, it sort of, it nearly seemed yep. like they got it right. And you could see that they had the faith in him because they picked him again in 2015 alongside of Mitchell Pearce. Um, but, yeah, so game one, um, New South Wales would win 12-8. Uh, Jared Hayne getting a try there. Both New South Wales tries in the first half here. Dar- uh, Darius Boyd, about to call him Darrell, getting a double. His second try was the only try of the second half, so... I actually game. remember it differently. Like, I, I remember... Being a... I, I don't really remember this game, to be honest, um, so you well, tell me, yeah. This is a big call, but I, as a kid growing up or whatever, still think today that game to this day is one of the best games I've ever watched uh, from start to finish. Although okay. it was a defensive game the whole time, it was like edge of seat stuff. Um if you get a chance to watch back of the... Well, I don't even know. The highlights doesn't even do it justice. Um, it will take a while, but if you ever can watch the full game back... Um, I've got the 2014 Origin Series yeah, on DVD. Yeah, so that first that. game was amazing. Like I just remember it being so good. And um, yeah, New South Wales just scraped past. And I remember that... Oh, God. it. Josh Reynolds and Buddy Haynes, he, we're riling up the Queensland fans after the game, like showboating to the Queensland fans. I'm like, can't be doing that. You haven't won the series yet. But, um, yeah, I remember it just being huge for New South Wales to get that first win at Suncorp because um, it was the year that where um, Suncorp got two home games. Um, so Queensland got two home games. Uh, so, yeah, it was really important that 
New South Wales won the first game because back then it seemed pretty much impossible to um, win there. Yeah. Yeah, well, that one was in front of 52,111. And then game two, New South Wales wins six points to four in front of 83,421. They win the series. Man of the match there, Paul Gallon, I should say, game one's man of the match was Jared yep. Hayne. So there you go. Um, game two was Paul Gallon. I mean... Oh, yes, New South Wales won the series. And I remember at the time, like, I was right into Origin as a New South Wales fan. And I, I have to admit, I cried because it was like, I've, I'd obviously been alive for New South Wales to win a series before, but the last time they did it in 2005. And to be honest, when I was five in 2005, I didn't really have much of a clue what yep. rugby league was, or I don't really have many memories. So, and I definitely don't remember New South Wales winning the series. But in 2014, they did it. But you know what? I get much more joy re-watching and heading back to 2018 and 2019 because I wholeheartedly believe New South Wales had the better teams then. And, you know, on paper, I think it's hard to argue New South Wales had the better side based off of how the New South Wales players played for their clubs in 2020 and based off of how the Queensland players played for their clubs in 2020. I don't think you could argue then that on paper, heading into that series, New South Wales were the worst side. But at the end of the day, it's how you perform on the field. Queensland got the job done, deserved it. I'm just saying that on paper, based off of how both sides' players performed in 2020, New South Wales were understandably heavy favourites. And that's part of the reason why I'm tipping New South Wales to actually win the series again next year. Because while I think it was good that Queensland got that you know, that series win and New South Wales were a bit down. I feel like a New South Wales side that sort of picks up their game a little bit could probably beat that Queensland side. Sorry to our Queensland listeners. But anyway, they get the job done in 2014 when Queensland probably should have won the series there. So I'll give you that. And then game three, to just show you how much Queensland probably should have won the series, they beat New South Wales 32-8. to in front of 50,155 in Queensland. Corey Parker, man of the match. Although it was a dead rubber, it's like, can you not yeah. get flogged right after winning yeah. the series? You know it, what I mean? Can you? It also feels weird because yeah. um, I remember watching game three for New South Wales to celebrate and hold up the shield after just getting thrashed like that. It's kind of like I wish they did it after... Um, obviously they don't do it after because they don't know uh, with game two. I don't know why they don't take the shield down or whatever, but it just, I don't know, it takes a lot of sting away from the moment when after a loss you're you're celebrating. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I remember Queensland pretty much dominating that game and kind of like sounds weird, but they seem like they, like we said, they did have the way better team and it seemed like, they half dominated the series. Now that sounds really stupid considering New South Wales won, but it did seem like for majority of the series, Queensland were on top and New South Wales just got lucky. Like that Trent Hodkins to try in game two. Um, very, Came very late, didn't it? And very, Queensland very late. Lead. And it was just like a, I don't know how, I think there was like a, some sort of gap opened up that shouldn't have been opened up. And it's like a, Queensland would never really have that much space open for a New South Wales to run uh, player to run through, and it happened. And he scored, and they somehow held on. But yeah, credit to New South Wales. Uh, their defence for the first two games was outstanding, and that's pretty much what won them the the series. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Queensland probably with the team they had um, and the way they played, they probably should have won. But New South Wales did win fair, fair and square. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm a New South Wales fan, but yeah, it's. I think we yeah. did get lucky. And I remember at the time, like as I said, I rejoiced. Everyone in New South Wales rejoiced and were saying, you know, this is great. You know, we we finally did it. This is amazing. You know, one Origin for the first time in nine years. But then, like in retrospect, it's like, oh. I can't, like, as I said, I kind of would have preferred we just lost that one and then won in yeah. 2018 when we genuinely had the better side. Like, I, but, I mean, I guess I'm I'm complaining because New South Wales won the series, but I'm, 
like purely unbiased. I think Queensland probably should have won 2014. New South Wales were very lucky to have won in 2014. And of course, 2015, I think Queensland won. Well, I'll just quickly look now. Queensland won game one. They lost game two. New South Wales won game two. But in game three, Queensland won 52 to six. So it's like. Yep. Yeah. I think. But anyway, um, 2014 as a whole, Coop, after having a look back, anything um, you want to add before we finish I guess up it was just today? an eventful year. Um, two strokes getting broken, uh, the Rabbitohs 43-year yeah. uh, drought, um, and then the New South Wales eight-year drought or nine-year drought, I'm pretty sure it was eight. Um, yeah, I think it was a good, very good year of footy, good quality Footy, I think that was the first year. Like, I'd been into footy my whole life, but after, like, that year was the year I really got stuck in, stuck into it. And, um, yeah, overall, like I was saying, really good year. Yeah, I've, I've not really got anything to add. It's clear to see why the majority of the rugby league, in my opinion, fan base over on Instagram wanted this game. Um, sorry, this game, wanted this season to be uh, reviewed by us. And with that being said, guys, we're looking to do more of these in the future. Probably we'll get one in like maybe once every month or so. The, the season reviews, they usually do well and people are into them. So we'll definitely keep those coming. So please get in contact with Rugby League, in my opinion, on Instagram or on Facebook and suggest a season that you'd like us to review. Keep in mind... We've done 2010, 2005, 2012, and now 2014. I've been Oliver from Rugby League, in my opinion. Thank you so much for joining us today. Coop, as always, thank you for joining me. 